What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, this is the first time we've recorded a podcast since the world champion Atlanta Braves took home the title Tuesday night. We were hoping it would be Sunday that they were recorded, but it was just as fun doing it Tuesday. Yeah, I feel like the last four shows I've been wearing the same Braves jersey and Braves hat. I just can't get over it. So it might Have be to. this way for the rest of the year. So <laughs> might, Until the World we're, Series gear comes in. We're Atlanta fans. We haven't experienced a title of any kind. Um in your lifetime and then as far in as my for lifetime me, and as far as for me i mean i was four years old when the braves won their world series and for three of those first four years of my life i was in south florida so i uh, moved up here and did not know anything about the braves was not a braves fan i was also four so you know this is the one so we both had it this is just Still cloud nine. I don't know what to do. I don't know Special. what to do with my hands. Like, how does this work? So, <laughs> First time in my lifetime that a team that I root for has won a championship. So, as an Atlanta sports fan, you know, Hawks, Braves, Falcons hasn't happened until Tuesday night. It was special. But we got a big week of college football this weekend. A lot of fun games. A ton of fun games. We're going to cover North Carolina, Wake Forest, Ole Miss, Liberty, Miami, Georgia Tech, Texas A&M, and Auburn, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Washington, and Oregon. Daniel, those are the seven games we are covering. What's a game that we are not going to pick that you are excited to watch this weekend? Well, for me, I'm probably going to zero in on Kennesaw State Robert Morris. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I – well, the Arm, uh, Army and Air Force, I mean, you know, all kidding aside, that was really cool because they're going to get the Commander-in-Chief trophy, whoever wins that game. So that's one that I'm excited to, to see uh, on CBS. It actually starts before any of the other games at 11.30 a.m. So that one's probably pretty cool. It's just significant and different. Um, so anytime you can catch one of those, it's nice. Ohio State Nebraska is a stinky line. I get it. I'll, I'll, yeah. Nebraska is power rated very high, and they have post game win expectancies like where they should have three more wins, like which will make them six and three instead of three and six. So I get it. And then Ohio State, of course, didn't blow Penn State out last week. So stinky line. Purdue and Michigan State. Michigan State's not ranked number two. So. I don't know if Purdue can pull it off. If they were number two, I'd be very concerned for Michigan State. Purdue likes to beat the number two out of people. So those are two games <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be paying attention to. Surprised uh, you didn't say like Northwestern and Iowa. Too ugly for me, man. Uh, I'm all about some unders, but that that one, that's too ugly. I'm all out on Iowa. David Cobb <laughs> was riding his high horse. When Iowa was undefeated, saying I'm the only one who picked them to win the Big Ten West. And it doesn't look like they're going to win the Big Ten West. It might end up being Wisconsin after all of this. Which would be hilarious. <laughs> they're getting good at the right time. Uh, speaking of a, a sexy under, Rutgers and Wisconsin, over-unders of 38. <laughs> and neither one of them are option teams. That's what's amazing. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Let's start in the ACC. Well, 
kinda. We got two ACC teams. This is an out-of-conference game between North Carolina and Wake Forest. Second time so, they've done this. They, they, it was a yeah. home-and-home scheduled uh, a couple years ago. Hilarious. So, <laughs> you had seen Wake Forest, in-state matchup. Uh, Wake Forest, the quietest little 8-0 team in the country. Two-and-a-half-point dogs on the road in Chapel Hill. So, where are you going with this game, Daniel? Yeah, I'm done with with underestimating Wake Forest this year. I'm done with um, just kind of overlooking them. They're in the top ten now. Um, obviously, they you know this is the first time the college football playoff committee has re- weighed in. Um, so they've been just controlling games and beating teams handily. And if we're we're just going off of a more consistent team. I mean, Wake Forest, obviously, if you're going to look at the team that's undefeated and say they're more consistent, but just the way they play, they just have a, a better better ball control on offense. They don't turn the ball over a whole lot. Defense has been opportunistic, has played well in, you know, situations. Um, you know, North Carolina, they're very Jekyll and Hyde, offense and defense, um, but really offensively, they're just so up and down week to week. Um, they've had some stinker games. So I, I I think this is a wrong team favorite. I think this is, you know, Wake Forest should be. I'm probably getting in on this with the public. Like the public is just waking up to Wake Forest. They are awake to Wake Forest. But I just don't think – I'm not going to lay my head on the pillow at night knowing that I picked against them again when they're getting points. Um. Also, this is a principle. No ACC team should be favored. So just give me points. Give me yeah. Wake Forest in two and a half. There's a couple of principles that, that, you know, fighting here. So I'm with you on that. No ACC team deserves to be favored, but not an ACC matchup. So it doesn't apply. So we're going to X that one out. But uh, North Carolina's defense, dude, they've just been bad. You wonder whose defense has been worse? Wake Forest. <laughs> their their defense has been worse so on a play to play basis. Then oh yeah, then North Carolina. It's a high over though, seventy six and a half uh, on principle. I don't know if I can do that, but Wake Forest's defense has been bad. Daniel, who do you think is the best team Wake Forest has beaten? Like, is it Virginia? Is it Louisville? Army. I'm not looking at their schedule right now. Like like they're like. So they've beaten Old Dominion, Norfolk State, Florida State, Virginia, Louisville, Syracuse, Army, Duke. It's probably Old Dominion because they're a great freight line, you know, the LTL industry. My Um, my point is this schedule is backloaded. Here are the next four games, North Carolina, NC State, Clemson, Boston College. There is a very real possibility that Wake Forest loses all four of those games. And it starts this week when North Carolina beats them by a touchdown in a non-conference game. It's funny because this does not affect them winning the Atlantic at all. (laughs) Like it has zero effect on it since it's a non-conference game. It's at noon in Chapel Hill. This is going to be a trend in another game on here. There's always something up when an unranked team is favored over a ranked team. And not only a ranked team, a team in the top 10. North Carolina is a favorite here. Vegas knows something is up. 
Wake Forest's defense has been bad. I mean, giving up 37 to Syracuse, 34 to Louisville, 56 to Army, a team that never scores that high, wasn't very good. They've benefited a lot off of field position. They were in the top five in the country off of field position. And so, like, I just don't trust this defense at all. I, I, I watch Wake Forest, and I'm like, this is not a top-10 team. And so I, I think North Carolina has the chance to beat them this week. Uh, Wake Forest is playing for more. And so motivation-wise, I would definitely Wake Forest. But I think it's a close game. Um, I think it's – I said a touchdown. So I like this game, like 38-31 UNC. So again, right, right at that, right at that total number. But I like UNC to lay the points and beat Wake Forest this weekend. Uh, let's go to Ole Miss Liberty, the return of Hugh Freeze to Oxford, Mississippi. Where are you going with this one? Yeah, this is fun. Obviously, for multiple reasons. Last week we had the Bronco game where he returned to Provo, and now you got Hugh Freeze returning to Ole Miss. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think that the fanfare is probably going to be built up more than the actual game itself. I do think that Ole Miss is the better team. Um, they've been obviously playing well this year. Um, last week was just a tough, just a tough game for them against Auburn on the road. I think that this is kind of a get-right game for them. It is, you know, noon kick, so that's something to be wary of all the time. Especially, you know, I guess it's actually 11 a.m. local kick because you know Central Time, but. Um, Jay, this is interesting. I, I mean, obviously, everybody, the one thing they know about Liberty is, is Malik Willis and Hugh Freeze, but both quarterbacks are obviously leading passers, but also leading rushers for each of their respective teams. So that's an interesting stat. You know, Malik Willis, 684 yards, Matt Corral, 519 yards on the year, um, nine touchdowns rushing for Willis. Uh, Corral has 10 rushing touchdowns and then obviously both of them have been very very good throwing the ball um, Malik Willis with a couple you know some more touchdowns but also some more picks so this is just a, a fun matchup I think it's going to be um, high scoring but I you know the nine and a half points I think it's right there I think it's a really good line I think in a, a you know back and forth game you're going to have to to, you know, make a couple stops. I do think Ole Miss will get a few stops, um, maybe a couple turnovers. Um, and I think that Ole Miss wins this game somewhere in like the, like the 45, 35 range, uh, maybe 48, 35, something like that. So laying the points. I, I'm laying the points. Give me Ole Miss. I don't want to scare you and you can't change it. What if I told you that Ole Miss practiced without nine offensive starters yesterday and today is two playing maybe not that's the problem matt corral did not practice yesterday oh yikes well john reese plumley <laughs> so the they're, they're without here's the players top three receivers braylon sanders jonathan mingo and ontario drummond they don't Order have to have any corral. receivers if matt corral is out there right guard ben brown tied in chase rogers Center Orlando Umana, left guard Caleb Warren. That's eight that they know about, and Kiffin said nine. So because of that, I'm taking liberty in the points. I think Ole Miss still wins this game. That's way too many points with it's nine offensive like, starters. It's not like they're injured. only going to put two guys out there on the field. They still get to play with 11. So Oh, yeah. 
A hundred percent. And Jeff Levy's still going to be calling plays along with And Lane. Hugh Freeze is calling plays. That's They'll be like, straight. They'll be straight. I don't know if Liberty wins. Ole Miss needs to win this game. But you don't think Hugh Freeze got a little something dialed up coming back to Oxford? He's a redeemed man, you know? Liberty gave him some grace. <laughs> Let him off the hook for his wrongdoing. They don't care about what kind of cell phones you got at Liberty. You can have as many as you want. Private, public. <laughs> you can call whoever you want in Florida. You know, it doesn't matter when you're at Liberty. They they let anything go up at Liberty. So he oh uh, can call weird plays in the sideline. Uh, yeah, I'll take the points. I think Ole Miss wins. The the injuries just scare me. So I'll take the points because of injuries, and that that is the only reason. It's <laughs> injuries. Uh, it makes sense. Let's go Miami Georgia Tech. Daniel, you know you and I felt pretty bad after Miami's first few weeks. Here they are, kind of turning it around, playing Georgia Tech, 10.5-point favorites in South – not really South Beach, Miami Gardens. Uh, <laughs> where, are you, where are you going with this game? <laughs> yeah, Miami, um, they've been very impressive these last few weeks, um, especially last week against Pitt. That was a fun game just because there's a lot of scoring back and forth. And, you know, Van Dyke's been playing well at quarterback. Um, I think that this offense is kind of – Turning a quarter, the corner. These receivers are actually catching the ball, and it's it's looking like something that um, you know Lashley could really get behind as far as an offense to to build on going into next year and all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Georgia Tech, you know, against Virginia, they were favored against Virginia Tech last week. Was I mean surprised me initially, and then I thought about it and I was like, well, it is Virginia Tech, and you know, you can't trust in either of the teams. Of course, they they tech in, Georgia Tech ends up losing when Jameer Gibbs averages over ten yards per carry in a game, and they lose. Jameer Gibbs is a special kind of athlete. Um, Georgia Tech, until they get this turnover situation taken care of, they're going to keep being a liability against the line because if they don't turn the ball over, they're a very good team um, against their peers that can score and they can you know run the ball like crazy. And if they do that and they play their game, they're going to win. But if they turn the ball over, like Jeff Sims has been prone to do, like, you know, some of these backs have been fumbling, things like that. I mean, I don't care if you average 10 yards of carry, if you're going to give it to the other team, you're not going to score. So um, all that to be said, I like Miami to win the game, but give me Georgia Tech in the 10 and a half. I think that Tech is going to – have maybe even a second half lead in this game, but Miami is the better team. I think they will make the plays at the end of the game in the critical times and the critical possessions to win. Georgia Tech simply won't do that, but they will be a thorn in Miami's side all day. So uh, give me Tech in the 10 and a half. I said it last week, Daniel. Miami turned a corner. I took him against Pitt with the points. I thought Pitt would win a close game. Miami just pulls it out. They win straight up. And now, here's what I kind of left off on the front end. Do you know that Miami controls their own destiny in the Coastal? They can still win the Coastal. This is a team that can still win the ACC. And in the preseason, we picked Miami to win the ACC. And that, they're 4-4. Four and, four, and it's <laughs> still on the table. They got to win out. But if you look at their schedule, it's not impossible. Like Miami's got Georgia Tech this week. 
they should. I mean, they're ten and a half point favorites. They should win. Then they've got Florida State, Georgia. Excuse me, Virginia Tech. Then Duke. Toughest game, probably Virginia Tech. Is it at Virginia Tech or is it? It's in Miami. It's in the Garden. They got to go to Tallahassee. I don't think that's an easy game. I think Florida State's playing better football. But no game is easy in the ACC. No game is easy in the ACC. No team's my favorite. But definitely manageable. That's manageable. You go eight and four and win the coastal. Here's what's going to happen. Is going they're going to win the next three games, and they're going to lose to Duke. <laughs> in in probably what is David Cutcliffe's last game as the Duke head coach. Um, yeah, I'm laying the points in Miami. Again, if you're looking at overall season statistics, nothing supports this. <laughs> Picking Miami to lay the points, but I'm telling you, they're they're a different football team right now. They got some guys healthy. They got some um, continuity at quarterback now. The Van Dyke is playing well. They're a different football team. Those this receivers, is a that's team. the big thing, man. The, the receivers are catching the ball. They're playing well. This is a Georgia Tech team that beat Miami last year in an upset, in a bad upset. They lost bad to Miami last year. I think Miami uses that as motivation this year. They're not going to go sleepwalking into this game, even though they're coming off of a big win at Pitt. I think they ride that into this game, win by a couple touchdowns against Georgia Tech this week. Let's go to the eight, the SEC game of the week. Excuse me, SEC game of the week uh, on CBS three thirty. You know the trumpet, the sound, all that kind of stuff. Texas A and M and Auburn in College Station. These debut. Which one's twelve? Which one's thirteen? Is Auburn ahead of A and M in the Auburn College Auburn is one ahead rankings? of A and M. Yeah. Fun. Twelve and thirteen. Both with two I losses. Thirteen and fourteen. I'll look while we're saying <laughs> while we're doing it. But no, yes. no, no, you're I good. Mean, it's only one, one um, digit off, but the, you um, know, one digit off. These are two teams. Once again, we've had it. I feel like four weeks in a row playing for who is second best in the SEC West. Here we go. Another round. We've had Arkansas and Ole Miss play this game. We've had Auburn and Arkansas play this game. Auburn and Ole Miss play this game. Here we go. Auburn and Texas A&M playing for second best in the SEC West. Technically, Texas A&M and Arkansas played this game earlier in the season. Anyway, this is a fun game. <laughs> the pecking order of the SEC West. We get another version in College Station. Where are you going with this one? And it is 13 and 14. So, first of all, we're three for three on picking against each other. Jacob, we're both opposite so far. 2-0 oh last week. To see if it you, – you absolutely, I went one and six <laughs> on the week. So, it was a bad week for me. Um, hopefully here's to here's to getting some things turned around now this game Jacob I agree it's battle for second best in the west you're also looking at though well first of all it's battle for second best in the west the difference is we're in November so this the fact that they've made it to this point and it's like okay but this is also the biggest game regarding the rest of the season until the iron bowl regarding who's going to represent the west so mm. a couple scenarios, obviously we've, we've, we've mentioned these, but just to lay them out here, since this game's being played this week, Auburn wins out. They're in the SEC championship because they will have the head to head against Alabama. Obviously that's a big ask to them to beat Alabama, but it is what it is. Alabama has to come to Auburn this year. Um, Texas A&M beats Auburn, but then Auburn beats Alabama well, then A&M is representing the SEC West in the championship. So something to keep in mind, just tuck it in your back pocket. This game's extremely important. And Auburn, you know, needing to beat Alabama, obviously, for this to fully come to fruition. But, hey, keep it in your back, your back pocket. Now, as far as this game goes, 
I'm really interested to see how Auburn travels on the road. I know Auburn can win at home. Um, and I know that they can be a tough out, you know, Ole Miss coming in there last week. I think that Auburn showed a lot of what they can do um, on the ground in the air defensively. Owen Papo is finally healthy. So that's huge. I mean, the, the heartbeat of their defense on the inside. I mean, he's just, he's a stud. He's a future Sunday guy. Um, so anytime you can insert that back into the middle of the defense, obviously you're adding a lot of communication, all those kinds of things. Auburn going on the road, I'm interested to see what they can do in Kyle Field. Now, AM, there's a reason that people have picked them all year. There's a reason that they have been, you know, thought to be the ones that could take down Alabama. There's a reason they took down Alabama. They have the eighth best talent in the nation, as we've said, uh, based on team talent composite. They're a well-coached team that has a lot to play for. I think AM wins this game, but I'm not comfortable. I think that they are comfortable winning this game by one point or, you know, whatever it takes kind of mentality. They're not in a style points. They know that a W gets them everything they need out of this game. I think AM wins this game, but I'm taking Auburn in the four and a half. So give me Auburn, give me the four and a half. Auburn may win it outright, but I'd be much happier just taking points. This will be the best defensive line that Auburn has seen since Georgia. And the last one they saw before that was against Penn State. So Auburn has lost two games against good defensive lines. But, Daniel, you mentioned something that I'm glad you mentioned. Auburn on the road. Daniel, do you know how many times Auburn has played Texas A&M? Since so they 2012. played twice. They played twice before Texas A&M joined the SEC. All right, both those games were in Dallas, Texas. Since Texas A&M joined the SEC, what if I told you that Auburn has never lost in College Station and they're not losing this week? Auburn straight up, Auburn plus four and a half. <laughs> they haven't lost in College Station. This game, for the first four years it was played, first five years it was played, the away team won every year. Then Auburn just rolled three off. Texas A&M won last year in Auburn. So Auburn has never lost in College Station, and they're not starting now. So Auburn plus four and a half, Auburn straight up for the only reason of they've never lost in College Station. So I'll take my free points. <laughs> also, if you're having to pick a quarterback, I know Bo Nix is the butt of a lot of jokes, but oh. he really has transformed in the yes. past four or five weeks um, in that development. You know, and if you're saying, playing well? do you want Bo Nix with the ball in his hand to win you the game or is that Calzada? I mean, I'm going to take Bo Nix. Yeah. So I also get Bo Nix's legs, so that's great. I'm telling you, I said it before last week, we're not talking enough about 10-2 and two Auburn being a possibility. Another step towards it this week. All right, both taking Auburn's our first game we picked together. So another SEC West game, Arkansas-Mississippi State. Oh, that's weird. That's ranked Mississippi State. Huh, interesting. Uh, Arkansas, five-point favorite. Where are you going with this one? Yeah, this one, I do, I feel like it's similar to that. I mean, you mentioned it, the ranked versus, you know, the ranked underdog, um, similar to obviously the North Carolina Wake Forest game in that Wake Forest, you know, everybody, the public is now awake on Wake Forest. Same with the public being awake on Mississippi State now. Obviously, they beat Texas A&M early in the season, and they're starting to gain notoriety as they win more games down the stretch. 
Um, I do. I, I just think that Mississippi State is on kind of this path to, um, you know, getting more credibility um, each and every week. That being said, and so if you look at the trajectories, obviously Arkansas started off so hot, Mississippi State started off so poorly, and they've been going in different directions since that point where, you know, you'd say that Mississippi State's been ascending, whereas Arkansas had some tough weeks and some tough games and they've been losing. I think that this is where Arkansas sticks their foot in the ground, digs deep. I think they have the coaching advantage, and I think that they have a better team in the trenches um, I do think Mississippi State's defensive line is pretty good, um, but I think that Arkansas gets a win here in the biggest way that they need. Uh, it's a five-point line. If I was really picking this, I really think it's a, a touchdown game, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if Arkansas wins by like something like 10 where they're just controlling the game. Um, they're going to be able to play defense against that uh, air raid that, you know, Barry Odom, I have full confidence that they're just going to be able to tackle in space and do what they need to do. Offensively, they play ball control. This is not the kind of team that Mike Leach wants to play against. Um, I do think Will Rogers has really come on the past few weeks and he's really shown a lot. Um, I think he, you know, I mean, his completion percentage speaks for itself. I mean, he's just been unbelievable. But this is the week that they kind of run into something that they just can't. They can't play their kind of game that they want to play. They're not going to be able to play the game they want to play. They're going to have to do the death by a thousand cuts thing. They're going to run a million plays, and they're not going to have a great yards per play average. So give me Arkansas. I'm going to lay the five points. This is the kind of offense that Barry Adams built to defend. Like, and his defense. Arkansas gave the playbook last year to the rest of the conference on how to defend this offense the best way. Like, Barry Odom gave that to the SEC last year. I think they win this game. I do have a bone to pick with the selection committee. And typically, I don't like it in this conversation because, look, all these rankings are meaningless until the end. And, you know, all it does is drive conversation. But it does show me, look, I want a 14 playoff forever. I don't like the way the committee does it or how they justify his best. That being said, I think they've gotten the top four right every year. I just don't like how we get there. Here's an example of me not liking how we get there. Mississippi State is ranked 17th, not 24th, 17th. Arkansas is unranked. Both are 5-3. and three. Both of their best win, they have both have one ranked win against the same team, Texas A&M, all right? Mississippi State has losses to LSU, Memphis, and Alabama, all right? Arkansas's losses, all to ranked teams, Auburn, Georgia, and Ole Miss are their three losses. You look at those resumes, you can't tell me that not only is Mississippi State better, that they're at least at least eight spots better than Arkansas. And I, I, I call BS on the whole, like, Alabama bias stuff. And they got ran over by Alabama. But I will say, someone said they're ranked 17th because Alabama beat them. And Alabama's got to have a win that looks good. <laughs> and I was like, gosh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope that's not the reason. So – yeah, wrong, uh, not wrong team favorite. Arkansas is favored, as they should be. Arkansas is a better football team. Uh, team they're coming. That's what you should say. Right, wrong team ranked. Uh, they're getting a bye week before this game. And again, Arkansas has the playbook of how to defend this game. I went, I think they went by at least a touchdown. We're going to see ranked Arkansas next week. So <laughs> shouldn't take very long uh, when Arkansas beats Mississippi State this week. 
Uh, let's stay in the SEC, SEC East. Night game, Tennessee and Kentucky. Kentucky, this this you know this point spread started off with Kentucky being a three point favorite. It worked it's worked its way down to a pick'em. So, pick'em, Daniel. These games stress me out where it's just a straight up pick, but they also make me feel good because yeah, I don't have to winner. worry about yeah who will win. So, if you would have asked me earlier in the week, I would probably have been along the lines of how the line was I trust Kentucky because of the coaching I trust Kentucky because of the program because of what they've built as this week has gone on I've just thought more about just the explosiveness of the offense of of Tennessee and do I think that Kentucky can keep up and I go back to thinking well Kentucky could probably stop them and limit their explosiveness because their defense is good I truly have a a gut feel of Kentucky and a brain feel of Tennessee. Like it's truly like I'm I'm big conflicted between those two. So I was like, okay, is there any game that I felt similarly to last year with either Kentucky or Tennessee? I think Kentucky is easier to draw back on last year because they were still a similar program, whereas Tennessee – has been a lot more turmoil. This is a different ball club. So I look back Kentucky game last year against Missouri. And I just remember going into that game thinking Kentucky's going to work Missouri. They're going to control them. They're going to do what they need to do. And Kentucky basically just couldn't keep up with Missouri last year. And it was a game that prompted them to make a change at offensive coordinator. I kind of have a feeling this is similar to that game. I think that Kentucky loses this game to Tennessee. I think Kentucky may control it early and feel like they're going to win because they've got, you know, maybe a turnover here, a turnover there. You know, it might be like 10 to three or 10 to seven, something like that, where they're in the lead. And then I think Tennessee breaks a big run, has a big pass play, gets explosive in a way that Kentucky simply can't keep up with. I'll also say athletic profile-wise, while Kentucky has built a program and has more developed talent, I think that even with Tennessee having less players, like where you would see this show up defensively for Tennessee, they've held okay so far this year. But against – they just really got to worry about Wondell Robinson, I think, as far as being worried about somebody on their offense – if they can bracket him and take care of him, I think everybody else is comparable athletic-wise. And so that alone tells me that Kentucky's going to have to manufacture these drives, these long drives, every time. And if one side's getting explosive play touchdowns and the other one has to take these long drives, I'll take the one that's got a higher chance of an explosive play. So I am going to go and take Tennessee. I don't have to lay any points. I'll just take Tennessee to win the game uh, probably by one point. Uh, but <laughs> give me Tennessee on the pick. I don't blame Kentucky for losing to Georgia. I mean, I don't blame anyone for losing to Georgia this year. Uh, Mississippi State was kind of eye-opening to me. Will Levis play like an awful game? Like, they, Bill Elliott's talked about this. They had like negative EPA on every time they, they drop back to pass, like a negative success rate <laughs> every time they drop back to pass. So, I'm with you in that this is a game they don't want to be in. Tennessee coming off of a bye. 
after having two losses, but two losses which they were in the game both games. Like they were in the game late against Ole Miss. They were really in the game for a half against Alabama. Like Alabama obviously broke that game open, but I think this is where like you, you can start to believe in the system and this offense that Tennessee has. And yeah, I think this is a game where they, they score a bunch of points against Kentucky on Saturday. So <laughs> I'll take Tennessee to win. I, I I'm with you on the beginning of the week. I I like the points with Kentucky. I'm like Kentucky's better, but I just think Tennessee's gonna be able to score in this game. And the, I don't know if Kentucky can play that kind of game with that electric of an offense. So I'll take Tennessee to win and just pick them. Uh, I'm with you. Last game, Washington hosting Oregon. Oregon, a seven-point favorite on the road. Where are you going with this last one, Daniel? It's funny. We're three and three now. We started off three for three against each other, and now we've had three together. So this will be deciding one way or the other if we're going to be more alike or different. Um, I This game, we circled at the beginning of the year as the game of the Pac-12 North. Um, you know, we both, we picked Washington this year and after, after a little, you know, (laughs) after they played, was it Montana? It it hasn't looked pretty since, I mean, they, they've, they've rallied the troops a little bit. Jimmy Lake, I still believe in is a good defensive coach, everything like that. But I just think Oregon has more to play for. They've got the four next to their name. You know, they know that there's a lot more on the line. I think there's going to be a, you know, heavy um, burden on them to not only win, but win convincingly since they are a Pac-12 team. And that's still seen as somewhat of an outsider in the eyes of the college football playoff committee. Um, There's a seven point line. Oregon should win by two touchdowns. I just think that, uh, you know, it will be one of those games where they might have to, you know, score late to do it, to make it, you know, that, you know, they might have the ball late and score uh, to extend the lead because I do think that this will be played close because that's just the nature of these two teams. Um, But, yeah, give me Oregon. I'm going to lay the points, lay the seven. Daniel, earlier this year, I – we picked a game, and it was a game that the beginning of the year we had picked one way. And then based on the season results, I was like, no – I'm not going to do this whole defend my preseason pick. I'm going to go with a team that looks like they're better and they should win. It was Texas and Arkansas, Yep. right? We, we had called this upset before the season. It gets the week of the game, and we're, I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> all gas, no brakes. Texas looks better, whatever. Arkansas beats the brakes off of them, <laughs> like, in that game. And I was mad because I'm like, we, like, man, like, we called this. I should have just stuck to it. Not again, my friend. Uh, Oregon, excuse me, Washington plus seven. I don't know that they win the game. This is a stinky line. Oregon should be much higher than a seven-point favorite against this Washington team. Much higher. The fact that it's only seven, like, I would not want to be on the Oregon side with these seven points because it's it just it's weird. It, it it's a weird line, and so because it's a weird line. And because we picked Washington to win this game preseason, which means nothing at this point, but I'm just going to blindly back it up and take Washington plus seven. And that's the only reason is I got burned on it once and I'm not going to get burned twice. 
So you're being stubborn is what you mean. Okay. I'm being stubborn. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> and the good thing is, look, I'll take this loss. I feel pretty good about the other three I picked against you. So, look, this could be a game-changing week. I'm not going to catch you this week, but – Gosh, this would help me out for me to win all four of these games. We can lose the other three together. That doesn't matter. <laughs> all about the gap. <laughs> uh, yes, I will I will take Washington in, I don't know. I, <laughs> I have no reason to take Washington other than this line stinks and we picked they it preseason. Yeah. And that's it. I did no research on it. That's just I, – I looked at the game and said, Washington – yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, of it's course. November. <laughs> like, like, wouldn't it be hilarious if after debuting at number four, this is what the committee wants? Not really, but it's like, well, we had you there. All you had to do was win out. You were in the top four, Oregon. All you had to do was win out. You lost to Washington. <laughs> what were you thinking? So we'll see what happens. I don't think they lose, but I'll, I'll you know, I'll take Oregon in a weird, like, 23 to 20. They had to kick a field goal late to win. Like, Weird things happen in Seattle, man. That rain, yeah, purple makes you see things. I don't know. Just <laughs> it's weird up there. <laughs> you can follow Daniel on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. And that will do it for this edition of the Extra Point. He is Daniel. I am Jacob. See you.